All right, we're going. All right, do you have some format for an intro or? Uh, not yet. I was just going to introduce myself, talk a little bit about my likes, my dislikes, my background, and then I was going to have you do the same. Okay. So I'm JT, and I play video games. Mostly I play RPGs. Uh, The Mass Effect trilogy are some of my favorites. I also like Dark Souls, Overwatch, uh, a lot of FPS games as well. And other than that, I'm a huge nerd. I don't really think there's a lot else that's germane to this discussion. Why don't you go ahead, Tyler? Uh, I'm Tyler. A lot of people call me Schwab. Um, I play um, a lot of FPSs. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, cinematic games. I'm a big puzzle game guy. I also play Dark Souls and, and Overwatch. That's where uh, JT and I are are have commonality. Um, I tend to uh, enjoy games that have good cinematic experiences, um, or just all around fun games like. So right uh, right now you're playing Tomb Raider, right? Or replaying I'm, Tomb Raider. I'm replaying Tomb Raider. Who knows how far I'm going to get through it? Sure. Um, but I tend to hop around from game to game because I get bored. Um, I'm also uh, I'm playing Bloodborne for the first time, and that's that's been pretty fun. Bloodborne uh, is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, game of all time. Yeah. No, I've I've been having a blast with it. Um, so we're here talking about Remnant from the Ashes, which is a third-person RPG, but it's also a shooter, uh, it's an like over-the-shoulder a, uh, shooter. I think the 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 most accurate description of it is is like a, I think people call it shooter souls. It's it's like a Dark Souls game, but it's it's a shooter. What other what other games fit in that genre? I've never heard of another. I don't I don't I can't think of it. They they ones. must exist. Yeah. I mean the genre I, name exists. I don't know. I think I think the genre name was made for this game though. That's possible. I can't think of I mean Bloodborne has guns, but Bloodborne's guns are generally just used for parrying, I guess. Yeah, they don't it's, they're it's, not really there for damage. Yeah, you'd have to build very specific builds around doing damage with a with a Bloodborne gun. So Remnant also has a lot of random generation to it. Uh, so we've got so every time you go through the game, every time you re-roll a campaign, what um, weapons and bosses you get will be randomized to a certain extent. And from what I've seen of other people's experiences in the game, there's actually quite a lot to it. So on my first playthrough, uh, which I did with Tyler, we found the Tommy gun, uh, which we had to do some kind of wave survival thing to do to to obtain. Uh, but I've seen other people that obtained different sets of armor and different uh, trinkets and such that they could improve their character with. So, Tyler, do you think that the random generation adds anything important to the game? Or do you think um, that it just happens to be there? Replayability, to a certain extent. I think that... I mean, we've been through most of the game a few times now. And we've done the survival mode in the DLC. Um, and we've done the the second dlc which also has some random generation to it once um 
but it's I remember going into this game and people describing uh the it as a not terribly replayable game uh however might... all, all of the people that I've heard say that have only played the game once though once yeah exactly i don't I don't think they're not very forthcoming with the fact that it is random generated uh, i we kind of had to figure it out by going through the game um it certainly doesn't tell you there's no big banner that says your experience will be unique or anything like that yeah i think that the closest that you come to that is uh when you start the campaign it's, it, or when you restart the campaign it says re-roll campaign right um implying that there is a role going on yeah so essentially the way that the the format of the game uh to put it like briefly is uh you'll you'll go to a world you'll go through a level you'll go through a dungeon and then you'll fight a boss and you'll do that a couple times and then you'll fight an area boss so i i actually i i think what you're talking about is the survival uh game mode right isn't it isn't the general format it's open world there are dungeons and one of the dungeons leads to the boss that's that leads you to the next area i mean yeah but it's a little it, it more varies. linear than that I, there, it's it's there, relatively linear yeah there are branching paths that you take but usually you'll end up in a dungeon that just leads to a dead end and at the end of that dead end, there will be like a weapon or a good piece of armor or something. Um, there'll be a payoff for that dead end, but um, it isn't open world by any stretch of the word. You know? Sure. Uh, it is It is uh, remarkably linear for what it is. That's true. Um, and in, in, along, since we're talking about the, the level design of remnant uh can we talk a little bit about the the randomness of certain items so the yeah on on earth for example there are multiple weapons um among them the assault rifle the tommy gun and i i think the hunting pistol that the, the you may or may not get earth, the sniper rifle is guaranteed though is it Oh, I can't. I can't because because you always fight the root mother, or you do you always do the right. root mother encounter, so right. you always get the sniper fair. rifle. Uh, but there there are guns that you just might never get, uh, which to me is is interesting for a game that's at its core, well, I would argue, an RPG, not a shooter. Well, I think that the cool thing about that is that every time you go through the game, you you can't really. I mean, we've we've all watched playthroughs of of, of Dark Souls where where people uh, they go into the game, they go directly for the best weapon in the game, and then they use that to get through the game faster, as fast as possible. Right. Um, you know, the speedrunners and stuff. It this is this would be a very difficult game to speedrun because um, other than the sniper rifle, which is pretty much guaranteed which i do think is maybe one of the best weapons in the game if, if you, you have the aim for it it absolutely is if you have the aim and you can reload fast um based on traits which we'll get into later um it's it would be very difficult to know what your experience is going to be going in which i think is pretty fun um i would agree it's it's more of a use what you see kind of mentality that you have to build up with that game rather than a find the best thing and then you and then use that yeah you never really know what you're gonna get other than you know starting weapons uh can we talk a little bit about the starting classes sure so the way that the game begins it does kind of lead you to believe that there are roles i i don't i don't really know so, of a better way to explain yeah. that there there are three potential starting classes there is the hunter which gets a 
semi-automatic or well, it's not actually it's lever action uh rifle uh, and gets some perks that help with landing critical hits uh, there's the scrapper which gets heavy armor and a shotgun and some perks that help it deal more damage to things that are close and then there's the cultist which is focused on mod power generation and we haven't talked about mods at all mods are uh, upgrades to your guns that provide special effects that are different depending on the mod yeah so you, you'll find mods that will make your your shots uh do fire damage you'll find mods that will allow you to see enemies through walls these are on cooldowns um but the cooldown is uh sped up by doing damage actually i don't think that they're on a cooldown initially i think you need so the, the cultist armor generation. causes mods to generate power passively other than right. that you don't get it without shooting well i think i think there's a trait for that there's there's, there's a trait as well yeah um But that being said, I think there's a trait for everything. I think there's an upgrade. Pretty much everything, yeah. Yeah. You said there was a... So you wanted to talk about the starting classes. Was there anything in particular you yeah, had in mind? Yeah, um, the, the interesting thing that I, I found with the starting classes is it's really kind of arbitrary, right? It's it pretty much immediately once you get into the game and you pick your starting class... Um, you can get uh, just about everything that every other starting class has just from the shop. I mean, the only thing right. that, that you have that it, it becomes difficult to to get is the, the starting trait for each class. Um, I'm not even sure that my... So Tyler and I both have characters that are level 200 in that game, right? Roughly. Something like that. It's We've, we've and, played quite a bit of the game. Right. And I, I don't think I have the cultist starting trait at all on my character. Really? And I, I started as a scrapper. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't. I'm pretty sure it's just like mod power generation or something. Right. I don't think I have that trait. I, I could be huh. wrong. But... So, so I know, I know you can find these traits out in the world. Correct. You can. Uh, but, and I know that we found the hunter one and the scrapper one, but I guess we haven't found the cultist one. Because I it's started possible. as cultist and you started as scrapper. And it's possible that I have it and I've just forgotten as well. Yeah, sure. That said, though, I, I do think it's worth noting that there are traits that you can miss, as well as, like we talked about earlier, equipment. Oh, yeah. Equipment. So, so the, the trait system essentially works... How this, this system works is it, there's an upgrade tree system. Every time you level up, you'll get uh, one upgrade point, and you can spend it in on a trait, and a trait just upgrades a certain element of your character either your mod power generates faster you can revive faster you reload faster uh one of them is literally just you you gain experience points faster which i think we we just immediately sunk all of our points into right uh, and, and that and we could even go into that in a little more depth the hub area ward 13 actually has a decent amount of explorability to it uh, yeah we... not surface level i i think if you uh, quite literally if you dig deep um you can find a, an interesting amount of lore in in the in ward 13 uh, as well as some some hidden items and traits that you couldn't get any other way right and uh, the, the lore of the game is also something... We're, we're going to go into that a little more later, but there, it's very... It's somewhat obscure. Uh, 
Yeah, it, not it, apparent. It, it, I I'm I'm trying to think of the right word here. It's not it's not quite obscure. It, it takes a lot from from Dark Souls in that effect too, because it it really does feel like you have to read item descriptions or go to specific places that you might not even roll. Um, so it, you might not even get the option to experience the entirety of the lore. Um, your first time through I, and I, I it's think... worth noting as well that there's not really much of a story which i don't say to detract from the game it you're just essentially told you are a hero welcome to the world now go kill things well we're searching for someone essentially the 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 goal of the game is find an end to the threat right which is pretty vague right and, uh, and we'll go we'll go more into that when we go over narrative i shouldn't have brought it up this early sure sure um so remnant is made by gunfire games and gunfire games i know made darksiders 3 what else have they made i think well, the, uh, more notably than Darksiders 3, they made uh, Cronus, or Kronos. Oh, uh, which that, is the, the prequel to Remnant. Yeah, I, and neither of us have played Kronos, even Perfect. though both of us have VR rigs. But I know Kronos is described as like a Souls-like in VR. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be third person, but in VR, which I, I think is interesting. I've seen other games that have done that. I, I think Lucky's Tale did that. I, I know um, the the VR port of Senua's Sacrifice did that as well. Um, so it's not unheard of, but uh, I, I don't. You don't see a lot of that. I, I think a lot of times when when people are choosing to do VR, they're they're choosing to, um, you know, do the VR thing. Uh, but I'm I'm a big Darksiders fan. Um, this is known. Correct. Uh, For a little so bit I've, of background, I have... I tried Darksiders, the first game. I wasn't a huge fan, so I watched a uh, supercut of all the cinematics so I would understand the story. I was told to skip Darksiders 2, and I went and played Darksiders 3. Yeah, I bullied him into it. That's correct. Um, I did finish <laughs> the game, though. That's true. That's true. You did finish the game. I'm proud of you. It's and not a terribly that... long game. It's it. I do think it's a good game. Um, but uh, the the one notable aspect of it, because I think Gunfire helped with Darksiders two as well. Yeah, they did. Okay. Um. Well, and that brings up an interesting uh, thought when it comes to gunfire games and their successes and failings uh, because something that I've noticed is a consistency in the two games that I've played uh, that, that are made by gunfire is that on occasion certain boss fights will have less than well thought out mechanics it's not terribly balanced at times right um yeah i noticed that too in both darksiders 3 and remnant you'll like most of the bosses are pretty difficult um but you'll run into every now and then a boss fight that just seems so impossible uh in the wrong types of ways. So, um, for example, one of the final few bosses of the game is a boss that's essentially just what, what we call a DPS check. So, uh, can you deal X amount of damage over X amount of time to the boss, or X, X amount of damage over Y amount of time to the boss 
Um, and if yes, then congratulations, you beat the boss. And if no, then you lose. Come try again later. Which... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't There might be a, a trick to it that we don't know, but I, I sure don't know it. Um, but, but on top of that with that boss is that it's not just one boss. It's, it's two bosses. And two right. bosses that you can't keep on your screen. I, I, I going back to Darksiders or Dark Souls, sorry. Um, the obvious comparison is the Ornstein and Smallwood boss fight from the original Dark Souls. Or you could and talk we, about the Twin Princes. Uh, oh fight, yeah, or sure. You could, well, not that they. No, but but, ever, uh, but what what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, with with uh, the the demons fight from uh, Dark, Dark Souls 3 or uh, Frida boss fight from Dark Souls 3 or, or Ornstein and Smo from Dark Souls 1 some of the, the common themes of those fights is that you can for the most part keep both bosses on screen at all times that's not something that can happen with this boss fight um because you're essentially in the middle of a bridge um and there is a boss on either side of the bridge and you have to point your camera at one of the bosses or the other one to shoot at them but the other if you point your your camera away from one of the bosses you'll get shot in the back sure i i um, would argue that i think what's intended there is for the player to be listening for sound cues that said, yeah. I don't think the sound cues are distinct enough for each attack to let to let the player know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and and it should be noted that this is a game that can be played with up to three players. And, and I think it it could even be argued that the game is designed to be played oh, by 100%. three people. Things like that and and mob bosses, which is another common thing in this game. Um, which is just the the entire boss fight is fight hordes of enemies. Um, well, the it, what, it what's really the boss feels... called that splits? Oh yeah, there's a splitting boss somewhere. So in the it game. starts as it starts as two enemies, and then in phase two of the fight, it becomes four enemies, four and enemies. in phase three, it becomes eight. And is there a phase? Four? I, I think so, but I, I think, might be wrong. I think at the end of the boss fight, you have 16 of them. But it's not right. for very long. Um, right. and, and that boss can heal itself. Yet another uh, of Gunfire Games' favorite mechanics that oh. <laughs> they don't exactly implement correctly. At um, least in my opinion. I can't be too mad. I love Gunfire Games. Oh, I do too. <laughs> um... Yeah, um, there is there is a notable lack of AAA polish to um, right, and that's a, that's apparent in any number of small ways. Uh, there's a yeah. reload animation for a certain <laughs> weapon that's locked to I think 15 frames a second is what it looks like while the rest of the game is running at over 100, uh, which looks very strange. Um, there are boss fights that are, as we said, less than balanced. Yeah. So, uh, and, and we, we even had some, some gripes with the final boss fight of the game, which I don't want to really get into. Um, but uh, that it was uh, a little difficult to figure out what was going on, and I'll just leave it at that. Right. So moving forward, we've talked. So we've talked about the overall gameplay, how uh, how Remnant came to be, at least to the best of our knowledge, the where it originates from. So let's talk a little bit about the setting. Uh, so we're introduced to the world uh, in the opening cutscene, in which I I believe it's is it's an old woman who gives 
your char- your player character, which is customizable, a sword and says, go to this place. Go find the lighthouse. Was that it? Uh, I don't know. I We're told to her. go find a, a thing and uh, and deal with it. Uh, and we get on a boat we go for a while and we arrive in what looks to be a broken down industrial area and we fight these enemies called the root and that's our intro and we have a small tutorial area and we're supposed to either die or get to a point where there's a horde of enemies that will kill you because you have no gun uh, and then die at which point you're brought into ward 13 which you're told is the final bastion of humanity essentially Uh, you're all that's left or at least these people are all that's left in this area and so right off the bat we get this sense of the world is a dark and dying place. It's uh should be noted how similar the this opening setting is to uh the Darksiders games. Can you uh, talk a little more about that? I'm not as familiar with them as you yeah, are. Yeah, well I mean Seems Gunfire is is keen on the, the apocalypse setting. Um, you know, ruined city environment is 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 in both Remnant and Darksiders three and Darksiders one. Darksiders two goes in a different direction with the, those games, um, and that's actually probably my favorite in that series. Uh, but uh, initially, I, I think I was I was worried that this was going to be our setting um that this this ruined earth setting that's pretty gray and and dull it's filled with uh with like tree creatures essentially um is is our opening setting for the game um i think i was i was pretty um relieved to see when we end up going to different planets in this or different worlds i don't know if they're different planets or or dimensions or whatever Um, all of the above are implied yeah um so we move forward through through earth and we're sent to find this guy named ford um and in our in our journey to find him we come across uh, a number of different npcs uh some of which are again randomized uh for for each playthrough and we also uh come across this place called the labyrinth uh so we're we're playing the game as per usual and we fight a horde fight a short horde mode level and as you continue on into the next area instead of being more of the same dull gray dead city uh you get a giant tower that teleports you into it and you meet this guy named the oh i'm gonna butcher this the keeper i can't remember i i believe he's called the keeper and he says some very cryptic stuff about oh things decaying dying uh, stop it and then just kind of sends you on your way uh without really much else in the way of explanation and yeah, the it see the the story of the game of what you're doing uh it seems to be the least intriguing part of the story. I mean, the the 
the stuff that you find along the way that described the world and what happened, I think I at least had found more enjoyment out of just kind of piecing together pieces of the story sure rather than what we actually were doing yeah and uh, and I, I also enjoyed that that element of the game there's quite a bit of detective work that goes into figuring out how the world is set up how it got to this point and we we looked into it um enough and we were interested in in it enough that when the second dlc came out um and and it said uh subject uh 2923 yeah 2923 we knew exactly what that meant because we had already found content on that person that specific um, what that meant right so there's a level of involvement with with the lore there but um in terms of sorry I, a little bit on a tangent there i know you were talking about setting um, no this this is important to the setting so you by all means continue. yeah i i mean um the labyrinth that you were talking about uh uh instead of spending the entire game on earth you end up spending most of the game on other planets um whether it's swamp environments forest environments desert environments uh there is a, a bit of variability in the game um and there's gotta... even there's even variation from a setting that I would argue feels very uh, Dune. Uh, it, it's kind of science fiction, but the science fiction of a of more the '80s, where the science fiction is almost fan fantasy in terms of how it's yeah. presented. Uh, so you fight people who have lasers and fire plasma attacks at you and, and, thing, and things like that. that throw uh, like orbs at you. It almost feels like magic. Um, right. But but it, it very clearly is also science fiction. You've got uh, a a an environment design that I, I would think would be terribly out of place in an alien movie. Uh, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen any alien movies <laughs> do you have any comments on that uh i i don't the the feeling that i was getting and this is funny coming from somebody who's seen nothing of of this was uh i i was thinking immediately once we got to that first world that it felt like that original stargate movie oh yes Nope, that's exactly what it is. You're correct. It, it does feel very Stargate. Yeah. That's uh, that's the perfect way to describe it. It's an ancient, um, now defunct and fallen civilization that you travel through, which, which is an interesting juxtaposition to the other two worlds, one of which is kind of this... Pre, just pre or just post-industrial depending on how you look at it society that's focused on a religious worship of a queen figure um, and then you also you move on again to a world that seems to be magic how, how would it's, you describe it's it seems Yesha? more mystical but it's yeah uh, there, there's Yesha certainly technology like, on yesha but there's also uh, it, it it felt like it was trying to be like a mystical forest correct so, so you have all these different environments uh which the game certainly doesn't show off and, and i don't i don't believe that the environments we've discussed were, are in any of the marketing materials yeah i mean maybe i i can't remember everything i, I saw was focused on earth I wasn't, I didn't expect 
the game to be as good as it was going into it. Nor did I. Um, and nor did you. So I don't think I was ever focused on the marketing material. Um, I mean, I I tried the game for the uh, because we were looking for co-op games and because I liked Gunfire because I really liked Darksiders 3. Um, then we played it and, and we liked it, so we played it again. And it, it took us until getting to the second playthrough to, to really confirm that it was randomized. Right. Um, which uh, I think makes for the game being almost infinitely replayable. There are only so many bosses, and you will end up fighting the same bosses over and over again. The bosses do have uh, different attributes. So, uh, you different know, different they... archetypes, right? There's yeah. vicious, hearty, regenerator, um, and there's a few others. I think so. E each boss has a has. I think it's all. I think it's three. I believe it's three for every boss. Three variations. Uh, so a boss might have extra attacks. It might hit harder. Uh, it might have more health. It might regenerate its health. Very obvious, according uh, to based on the naming scheme. Uh, but it does add quite a bit of variability to the game, which does kind of bring us nicely to the survival mode, uh, which takes advantage right. of the random generation of the game by creating mode in which you start with nothing. Uh, you have a pistol, a single pistol, and you start in this hub world. Uh, this is a mode aside from the, the standard playthrough of the game. Uh, and in this mode, you go, you are sent to a random level. You complete the level and then you complete a dungeon level after it and you fight a boss. And then after it's you fight that boss, you're sent back to the hub world where you're allowed to purchase new firearms and uh, armor and consumable items. And then you do it again. Uh, and your run is timed and you get a score. Yeah, so it's essentially a, a roguelike version of the, the initial game. Right. Um, without any of the, the the story involved but it's the same bosses from the campaign uh completely randomized which world you'll be sent to completely randomized which environments you'll you'll get and completely randomized which uh dungeons and bosses you'll get um traits are are all over the ground um you pick up traits via and, skill and books you, right um and you can pick up weapons and, and armor as you go along as well um but spending too much time in the levels tends to uh, we've determined seems to be uh not worth it a lot of the time because uh the longer you waste the the harder the harder, the the harder it becomes get. yeah so there is a ticking clock element to that mode of the it game should, as well. It should also be noted that this mode is not included in the base game. Correct. You need Swamps of Courses to access it, correct? Yeah, you need Swamps of Courses to Which access it. Which is the it. first DLC. Yep. Um So so we've kinda we've kind of gone through the general story beats of the game. We've gone through the game modes. Uh what do you think? this game has to say if anything is there any message to it or is it uh, like would you consider this game art oh i mean i think every game is art and and you're saying something with whatever you do whether that is just we want to make money is up to some companies um but i i don't know i think gunfire seems to like the dark souls format um and and it seems like 
they're trying with every game that they do they're getting closer and closer to it seems like they get better with every game that they make uh at, at doing this i think they they want to emulate dark souls in their own way and, and to be clear i don't think they are copy they're they're no, I'm just saying that they've taken this formula, this format that's 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 pretty popular these days, and uh, I mean, Darksiders Three was a was was a Souls like, if you want to call them that. Uh, sure. Cronus VR was a Souls like, and this game is a Souls like. I mean, it really doesn't feel like a Souls like. You're the the melee weapons are are pretty garbage in this game they i take offense uh, to that <laughs> i i've never found the melee weapons to be useful um in remnant from the ashes right i i, I um, joke but the you, fact of the you, matter is that melee builds are not yeah i, I yeah. don't want to say not viable because i have seen people use them and succeed but they are certainly not ideal, nor are they easy. So I think what Gunfire is trying to do is they keep trying to put a spin on the Dark Souls formula and see if they can find something that's truly like great. I think they've come pretty close with this game, honestly. This, was, this is some of the most fun that I've had in a video game in a long time. And I'll continue coming back to Remnant from I the would, Ashes I, I for would a long say, time. I would say that this game takes from the Souls formula what is necessary for it to take from the Souls formula without right. taking too much. For example, you don't you don't lose anything by dying in Remnant. Um, right. Yeah. I, which I, 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 will... I, I would contend is not even is is the right choice for this game yeah you don't it does, it, you should it would seem things. it would seem a little tacked on to add that um obviously the roll dodge is there the the healing item that works just like the estus the the estus flask um is there the dark souls 3 version of the estus flask yeah yeah um and it even has something uh it has consumable healing items in addition right uh and the consumable items um work pretty similar to i mean reasonably similar to how dark souls works there's a lot of little things that will remind you of dark souls like there uh, are bonfires yeah they are bonfires made of red crystal but make no mistake they, they are, are bonfires. bonfires yeah um in terms of art um getting back to that though uh the game is visually appealing when it's not being a little dull environment wise um i think just about every creature is is at least very cool looking <laughs> Um, I would agree. I think that the enemy types on each each of the zones are unique to the zone, uh, and they are also visually very... Dis they're distinctive from one another, and they're distinctive from... Right. For w within their own strata of, you know, minor enemies, major enemies, bosses. They all have very unique design. Well, and that's the thing. If 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 we got off of Earth in this game and we got to the desert planet and and it was this cool environment, but we were fighting the same enemies that we were fighting on Earth, it would be pretty boring, I think. Right. If it, um, if the if the enemy were the root the whole time, which it it kind of is, but if the only right. enemies we fight were the root the whole time it would get pretty dull, especially if the only types of enemies were the types that we see on Earth. Yeah, I, I think I think the game the game succeeds at not losing your interest by just 
every once in a while switching it up and, it, and like every time you reach a new area it's completely different environment completely different enemies uh with different weak spots different um mechanics uh that's the the other thing uh each enemy you you'd worry about with it with a shooter especially a third person shooter that it it would get dull because you'd just be aiming for the head of every enemy but you can't really do that with some of the enemies in this game um I know there, there's one enemy on, on the desert planet that if you shoot it in the head, then uh, little... Well, it, uh, it enters a like more aggressive homing, mode and it fires or, or, extra attacks at you. Yeah, more more like homing shots will go after you. There's, there's a, a skull enemy on that same planet that if you take too long to kill it, or if you, if you don't use powerful shots on it, it will kind of sway around and and become more difficult to hit and and looking at some of their behind the scenes content into this it it, it does seem very intentional that they wanted um they wanted each enemy to feel distinct from each other um the fast enemies slow enemies uh enemies with different weak spots some enemies without i think some enemies don't have weak spots I, or at least I couldn't find some on some enemies. The, there uh, are enemies that don't have a weak spot. That's correct. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, worth playing, yes or no, and for who? I say yes, worth playing if you like over-the-shoulder shooters, if you like stories that are more mystery than they are obvious uh to the the initial to the the um the new player uh and it's also very good for a co-op experience with friends yeah definitely if you're looking for a co-op experience i think this this should be at the top of your list um because it really does encourage people to working together um, I think the Dark Souls community should definitely take a look at this. Even if you're not a fan of shooters, uh, it it really doesn't feel... I mean, the, the aim assist, even on PC, is is heavy enough that... that it is pretty drastic, yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like um, you have to be a big fan of shooters well, to the, enjoy Well, the this difficult game. part of the game isn't... To go, to go like way back to when we talked about gameplay, the difficult part of the game very clearly isn't meant to be the gunplay. It's meant to be the dodging and the positioning. Right. Which is why I think the Dark Souls community should take a look at this because um, it really does... It plays to the strengths of what it takes from Dark Souls. Um I think if you're if you want a a, a looter shooter environment it's it's fine for that I, I know I've I've had friends who have compared this to um, games like uh borderlands um i don't think it's terribly much like that um or at least that wasn't my experience with it well the the uh, thing to note about that comparison is that while there are random elements to the level design and to what guns you get the guns themselves are not randomized and the guns are not the focus and that, that's a that's a big distinction too because um, one of the things I really like about this game is when you pick up a gun, there really isn't a chance that it's going to be terrible. I mean, each gun aside is, from the gun being bad, well, in and yeah, of itself, but, but it's but... it's not it's there's no RNG in the gun stats. If Correct. you pick up if you pick up a Tommy gun, it's always going to be a Tommy gun. Um, 
if you pick up a uh, an SMG, it's always going to be the same SMG. Um, they've completely balanced each weapon to the point that they like it. Um, and I think most weapons are at least usable. There's no weapon in this game that I feel is... Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say that there's no there's no real weapon in this game that I would say is is trash or is, is just, like, if you pick up this weapon, you might as well just use your fists, you know? It's... Uh, right, there's nothing that bad. Every weapon feels pretty decent, and I think that that's where... That's where I like it more than some of the, the looter shooters uh, where you can you know, pick up a shotgun with a sniper scope on the top of it, and you're like, what is this? For sure. Uh, um, I, I'd say I think everyone should give this game a try. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, RPG lovers, uh, shooter lovers, Dark Souls lovers... Uh, it's got a little bit of everything. People it. people who may not want to give this a try, uh, completionists, because you will likely go insane. <laughs> um, That's true. I, I really can't think of anyone else. I think there's something in here to like for everyone, which is not to say that everyone will like it, but there is something in it that might work for you. Yeah. All right, so I think that kind of brings us to the end of Remnant. I guess next time we could go over Mortal Shell. Yeah, or or something else. Uh, that's a that's a good place to start, though. All right, in that case, we'll sign off for this episode and hopefully make another soon. Yep. See you later.